Welcome to Stinging the Blues. I'm Dom Housen. And I'm James Marriott. And welcome to a new season. It's the fourth that we have covered on Singing the Blues. Uh, and it is the first time that we have recorded this podcast, sat in the same room since March 2020, which seems like a long time ago. Can you remember what Game Wednesday just played? Yes, I can, because you tweeted it earlier. I did. <laughs> You gave the game away uh, yeah, a little bit there. Gave you a bit of a clue on that one. So Wednesday just lost 5-0 at Brentford uh, and everything was a, a bit negative. And of course, since then, it's not been brilliant. Like Wednesday, you got relegated. But I think we've got a bit of a positive vibe going on on the podcast today because it has been... Well, actually, I mean, it's been a topsy-turvy summer. We've got nine signings that we're going to talk about individually in a minute. But at the start of this summer it still felt like loads of things were going wrong and it was all a bit like doom and gloom and I was thinking, God, this is going to be like a hell of a ride over the next couple of seasons. And then things started to change and settle down. Nine players that have come in, each in their own right seem to be really sensible, interesting, um, exciting signings and that vibe's changed and it and it does feel like there's, there's, there's a real feeling of, of, of hope and I think more importantly feeling of leaf turned it's kind of new chapter time it is isn't it yeah new beginning i think that's what it feels like a fresh start and we've seen a huge turnover haven't we of of players from all those out of contract guys that left and and, you know some of them that darren moore was on the fence with was thinking that he might look to keep but he he ultimately decided no i think we need a clean slate need to go in a new direction and Really, I think what we've seen is Darren Moore has actually tried to go down the route that Gary Monk spoke so much about, that young, hungry and dynamic players. And so he's targeted that. And yeah, it's quite clear that he's not done yet with his transfer business either, that there's nine through the door, but Marvin Johnson is imminent. So that would be ten. And then you would think at least another couple of players with Julian Berner finally leaving, going to Hanover, you know, be looking for a centre-half. But, you know, I'm sure we'll come on to it in a bit. I think it's all about what they do up front. I mean, that, I think, could make or break, really, Wednesday season. That As well as I think they've done with the recruitment, and we all know the restrictions, they can only bring in yeah. players on loan, free transfers, and their limited on wages that they can offer too. So they've missed out on a lot of players. And so they've actually been playing catch-up, but the last three and a bit weeks, really since the friendlies have, have kicked off, it's just it has felt pretty much like one player's been coming in after another. It's been non-stop, hasn't it? It's just been like hit after hit after hit. Um, and you say it feels a little bit like what, what Gary Monk was trying to do. And I never really had faith in the Gary Monk project, really. Um, this to me feels like exactly what I expected Darren Moore to do. This feels like the kind of team you'd expect Darren Moore to put together. I think when he came in that he he seemed to me from from what I've seen of him elsewhere as the kind of coach who tries to build a squad that isn't necessarily full of big names. It's it's generally on the younger side, but with a couple of experienced players in there. And it's um 
I've, I've likened this to a couple of people this summer to not dissimilar on a much smaller scale to kind of what Gareth Southgate's done with England, whereby it's not about the big name players. It's about a collective squad and everyone's kind of pulling in the same direction. And, you know, I've not seen the majority of these players Play. So, you know, there's, I can't make any bold predictions here, but he's not bringing in super big name players. You know, there's quite a few of the players he's brought in that I've never really heard of. And in a way, I kind of think I'm kind of happy with that. I'm pleased with that. I think that's good. I think it shows that he's he's going out and finding the players that he thinks are going to fit what he wants to create. And that's what I wanted from Darren Moore. That's what this club needs because we've been down this route of, you know, big wages and big players. And it nearly worked, but it didn't. It didn't work. And it spectacularly didn't work for the last couple of seasons. So we needed to do what he's done. We needed to put the brakes on. We needed to uh, we needed to lose some of that baggage and some of those players that frankly just haven't performed for, for really the last couple of years. Uh, and going a different direction. So I'm really pleased that those players that he was on the fence with, he decided to part ways with. Um, and you're right about playing catch-up, but I, I, it kind of feels to me like there's there's definite signs of a plan there. And I mean, how many times have we talked about Wednesday's transfer policy over the last couple of seasons? And there's been times where we've disagreed about it. And I think this is the first time that we'll probably agree in terms of it does feel like there is some logic to the recruitment rather than let's collect some players. Yeah, definitely there is. And I think what I would add to that is of the players they've signed, a lot of them have got championship experience too. And so they should be you know, top players in this league. They really should be. And and on the evidence that we've seen so far, and, and in some of the friendlies, you know, I'm, a, you know, I think Lewis Wing is going to be a terrific signing. I think he has the capability for me to get double-figure goals from midfield, depending on the position that Darren Moore plays him in. I think Jack Hunt again comes back at a time where you know he loves this football club, and I think he's got lots to offer. And Bailey Peacock Farrell, I think we saw in the Huddersfield Cup tied that, you know, his shot-stopping ability is there. I think his distribution will improve. We've got to remember he's only been in the football club for just over a week or so, so he's still getting used to his new teammates. I think um, what I would say, you know, as we now get very close to the start of the season, is that I think there does have to be an element of realism and perspective in that, Wednesday are going to have a brand new 11 um, and it's a completely new look squad. I think the first 10 to 15 matches of the season, don't be surprised if it's quite similar to what it was like, if you remember, under Carlos Carvalho was, in the was, first year. I was going to make that very same comparison it, at some point on the on the podcast because it did. It's eerily similar. People that was like... I'm not sure this is working under under Carlos yeah. and it did take a while for it to fall into place and you, and you're right and I think it's really important to say that whatever happens now we've got to stand by Darren Moore and you know we could even be bottom of the table in November um we won't be bottom of the table in November but you know it it might be I think there are fans that now think oh we've signed some players therefore you know HMS whatever um, and you know we'll 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 you know stride to promotion. I'm not sure that's realistic. I don't think that's going to be the case. And that, I, 
I'm not I'm not being negative by saying that. I'm just trying to see it pretty clearly that we're up against teams who've been building now for two or three seasons in this league, uh, and that makes it really tricky. But it it does go back to what I said earlier. It does now feel like we've got we've got a project. We've got something happening that seems to to be logical, and we're recruiting players, and we're starting to build a team with a style and a personality and something about them. And the importance of standing by that and believing in it and not making any knee-jerk decisions if it is a difficult start to the season, which how many teams do we see when they drop down and their favourites to go back up? And actually they really struggle to start with, especially when you've had a complete rebuilding project, which we've had, um, and mixed in with actually all kinds of other stuff going on at the football club that have made that harder for Darren Moore to do. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it, that... um you look at the bookmakers' odds and they're seeing Wednesday as second or third favourites and they've been saying that pretty much non-stop since Wednesday were relegated that they were going to bounce straight back up and for, I'd say, a large portion of this summer we would have said that that was completely farcical and that was not on the cards whatsoever but now with what's gone on in the last month or so, yeah, we are thinking that there's every chance that, yeah, Wednesday could be in the shake-up and I think they'd be disappointed if they're not challenging for the top six. But I, th- I do think that there is that chance that Wednesday might not get off to a flyer and that it is going to take some time for these players to bed in and gel the squad together. And let's not forget, too, that Darren Moore still hasn't, I would say, properly implemented his style of play. You know, he was working with a collection of players that were brought in by other managers when he arrives. And so, yeah, he's had 14 matches in charge, but last year he was playing with a back three and going off Huddersfield, it looks like he's going to start with a flat back four and he's wanting to play out from the back and he's having to get all these players to gel together. So, yeah, that's not us, I think, putting a downer on the season ahead. And and there definitely is and that, that excitement and optimism more that I felt from the Wednesday fans in, in a few years. I think we've seen that now. That I think that there's energy uh, and a buzz around the club again that there hasn't been there for a long time. And I think that's what happens when you do get a huge influx of new signings, that that does generate then that hope and belief that, well, actually, it could end up being a blessing in disguise that Wednesday went down, as you you only have to look at Derby right now of the two clubs. Yeah, they're in the higher division, but I think I know who are looking in better shape to be in a better place yeah. in 12 months to two years down the line right now. And that could could have been Wednesday. So I know we were all disappointed a few months ago when Wednesday were relegated. But actually right now to rebuild and, like you say, to give Darren Moore the time, the tools to do the job, I think the evidence is so far, I mean, the, we're going to see on, beyond the pitch, won't it? Beyond the results will ultimately dictate everything but I'm certainly feeling a lot better about the way the club's going now than we were a few months ago I think I think there's two really important words that you mentioned in there uh, and they were hope and belief and I think 
that that's how we should be viewing things right now that we should feel really pleased and actually quite quite happy that we have that we have some hope we have some belief we have almost a bit of confidence i think what we need to try and avoid is expectation because darren moore didn't have very long in charge last season it was a horrible season and a terrible time for anyone to come into a football club and, and take over. And he was really poorly for quite a while. And so really he never he never properly got his his you know feet under the desk, did he, last season. It just never really had a chance to to happen. So, you know, he's he's kind of almost started afresh from from this summer. And realistically a manager in that situation with what this football club has been through on and off the pitch over the last two, two and a half, three years, he almost needs a season to kind of make adjustments and to, I mean, there's a bit of culture change that needs to go on and that doesn't happen by making signings. That's a much, much wider thing that, that needs to spread right throughout the club. And that's where we need to see the influence of Darren Moore on things like the chairman. We need Darren Moore's influence to start rubbing off on you know, th- the, the way things are around the rest of the club. And that's when you start to change the the culture. And that doesn't happen in a, in a summer, but I think we've seen all the right things that can make me think we are now working towards the thing that you know we we've all been saying or certainly some of us have been saying for years this is what needs to happen and so those first steps is brilliant and we should take hope from that and we should take belief from that but once that starts spreading into expectation that's when this can start to fall to bits and i think if anyone goes into the season thinking oh easy promotion at very least top six all right that would be great and yeah for us a club the size of sheffield wednesday you actually, as an outsider, you would look at that and say they would expect that. But we know what's been going on. And we know that realistically, you know, uh, uh, in any kind of comfortable finish this season, if if we are making progress throughout, has got to be a good thing. And there's so many strong teams in League One. There um, is. And you forget, and you look at the business that Ipswich and Wigan have done, they mean business. And then you've got Portsmouth who've signed 10 players too and they're not done. Um, and you, the division is is littered with good sides and, and you've got Charlton, you know, I think that's nearly as tough as you're going to get on the opening day. And, you know, they only just missed out on the playoffs last season and have got a really good manager uh, at this level in Nigel Atkins who's, very familiar with this part and it didn't go work out so good then but I think the signs are that Charlton will be in the mix and so it's going to be a great test um, is Charlton on Saturday and it's a difficult start and then you've you've got of course the reunion with you know Darren Moore's former club you know in, in his first you know home league match where there's going to be fans at Hillsborough but you know I think that We've seen with season ticket sales that you know they've gone well, and, and you know I think you're probably looking at sort of anywhere between sort of twelve to fifteen thousand, and so we're going to be having you know some decent crowds at Hillsborough. And I think after relegation, you know we were all fearing that fans were going to walk away and weren't going to bother yep. parting yep. with the money. Whereas actually now I'm thinking that yeah, you know what Wednesday there's an opportunity for them to try and turn Hillsborough into a bit of fortress. But yeah, you know, for me, what it comes down to still is I look across the team 
And I'm still thinking and wondering, is there enough goals there? And I still think that's where, can they get somebody in who is capable of getting 15 to 20 goals? And it's actually been a historical problem for Sheffield Wednesday. There's no getting away from it. In the last two decades, there has only been Steve McLean and Neil Mellor that have got the 20 goals or around that mark. So, yeah, and Wednesday working with loans and free transfers, and I think that makes it incredibly difficult. Um, to you know, everyone's looking for strikers, and there'll be a load of clubs in League One in the same boat of where they're trying to pull a rabbit out of the hat. And then also with loans, Wednesday have already got five, and so you can only have five in a match day squad. Darren Moore had seven when he was at Doncaster last season, but I I really don't see too much logic in carrying seven when you know that two are going to miss out and we you know as well from clubs who loan out players there'd be penalties and certain clauses in those deals where if they don't play x amount of games and or regulars in the team and stuff so it'd be quite difficult to structure as well um, so for Wednesday so they're all factors and, and then see, really what it comes down to is Wednesday could be looking for a striker on a three but there's a reason why they're on a three and why they haven't been snapped up and we're now in August so it's it's, it's going to be really tricky but you know I, I think actually for me James what's going to be pleasantly a bit of a surprise is that I think the bulk of Wednesday's business will actually be done before the final day. You know, we just we always expect Wednesday on transfer deadline day to be busy and active, whereas now they've signed nine. Marvin Johnson will be ten, and then there'll be another couple more to come. But they might already be in the building. It's refreshing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and if we rewind a couple of months, I don't think any of us would have expected it. I think we were all thinking, "Go, we're going to be." Was it Blackpool a couple of years ago who started the season with like six pro players and were just a total state? And we've seen Bolton in recent years uh, start the season with barely any players. And I genuinely thought there's a risk here that Wednesday are going into the season with hardly any senior players. We're playing all the kids. And and I thought yeah, this whole thing looks like it could just completely collapse over this summer. Um, and then... incredible really what's happened over the last couple of months with the players that have come in in such a timely manner and seemingly organised it doesn't feel like we're just grabbing any player that we can there just seems to be logic to it and you're right about you know people um, fans season tickets all that kind of stuff I can only talk about my experience and anyone that's a regular listener to this podcast will know full well that you know I I was you know Mr Negative last season um, and really wasn't happy with pretty much anything to do with the uh, with the football club and that that did continue into the summer and when it came to the season tickets being announced and that window to renew using your credit and I was like I'm not doing it I'm not doing it I'm not doing it and it got to the day before and I was like well that credit's just going to sit there so I'll renew but I probably won't go I'll just renew because otherwise it's just credit that's just going to go to waste so I'll 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 do it and then slowly as times passed in the week since then you know, it's kind of piqued my interest a bit with some of the players that we've signed and, and you know, that feeling of, quite like what Darren Moore's doing here. Quite like the fact that actually other elements of the club, things have just gone a little bit quiet, that it, it feels a bit more settled. Um, and then that got to the point last week where for the first time in I don't know how long, I found myself on Wednesday's Twitter page hitting refresh 
waiting for, you know, they kind of said that there was an announcement coming and refreshing, waiting for it. And I've not done that for years. You know, it's a long time since I've actually kind of felt that sort of engaged with what's been going on. And that's all changed in the, in the matter of a couple of months. Now, you know, as we've said a couple of times, what happens on the pitch is still going to be important. If Wednesday lose the first five games, I think we'll quickly see that positive feeling change a bit. But it is a brilliant turnaround from from where we were literally two, two and a half months ago. Um, and and I, I'm sure there are other fans who've got similar stories to mine. In fact, I know friends that I talk to who were the same in terms of they renewed quite grudgingly, not really that bothered, and actually now are quite looking forward to getting to some games. And I've got some weekends away this month, and there's a couple of games that I can't go to, and I'm, I'm almost annoyed about that now. Whereas actually at the time I was like, well, I won't be going, so I'll just book it, it doesn't matter. Um, and now I'm looking back thinking bit of a bit of a mistake that um and and i think that says a lot um if if you know there will be plenty of other fans who are in a a similar sort of um a similar sort of boat should we chat about some of the actual signings then we've touched on a few of them um so bailey peacock farrell um who i know of for two things really firstly he's the only player that has three surnames and uh, Adam Reach scoring that worldly against him at Hillsborough in front of the TV cameras many moons ago. Uh, but a player that obviously has been in the Premier League for the last couple of seasons with um, Burnley. I think we've all known, and maybe we didn't really want to say it, because both Cameron Dawson and Joe Wildsmith, homegrown players, I think we, we as fans, we, we want them to do well, but we've kind of known that Wednesday have had a bit of a goalkeeping crisis going on this summer and it was really necessary for a new number one to come in. I wouldn't say crisis. I think that's maybe um, a sort of step too far, but we all felt that another goalkeeper needed to come in with Kieran Westwood departing and that Darren Moore needed to make a decisive decision once and for all very early on on who was going to be the number one. Um, and actually going back to sort of a, a wider point on, you know, we've talked about have lessons been learned and, you know, has the penny dropped with Dave Ponchan Siri, you know, when it comes to, you know, how Wednesday operate and you know, does Darren Moore have his trust, have his backing? Well, actually the goalkeeping department is a, a good example of that. Um, I'll come to Peacock Farrell in a minute, but they've loaned Cameron Dawson out and that's not something that this club has been doing enough of loaning players out to give them game time, experience, minutes, everything. And you know, Cameron Dawson is an age where he needs to be playing regularly and he's on a long contract at Wednesday. And so that goes back to you know what we've talked about sort of you know, as an overview here from the top, that forward planning now, that's good. And Wednesday, they've been sensible too. So if they get an injury crisis there in the goalkeeping area, then they've got a break clause so they can bring him back in January should they need to. And they're going to keep an eye on Cameron Dawson and see how he's going to do. You know, I, I, I think I look out of the goalkeepers and it's Joe Wildsmith who I probably fear for the most at the moment. His contract's up next summer and he's going to be number two to Peacock Farrell, make no mistake. So he's only going to get maybe run outs in yep. 
the Papa John Trophy and in the cup matches. And Wednesday are now out of one of those cup competitions. And so, uh, you know, I, I don't see Joe Wildsmith getting too much game time. And, and on the evidence of what I've seen of Peacock Farrell, you know, I think he's going to be, really, he ought to be far too good for yeah. this league. And so, he's going to be number know, one. Yeah, it? yeah. And I, um, I think as long as he's confident at, Playing out from the back, you know, but I like the way that he sort of tries to command his area, coming out for crosses, from set pieces and everything. Good shot stopper. So, yeah, and you, you know, I do think he's certainly one of the best pieces of business that you know Wednesday have, have done. Just to echo there about the the loan thing, and this is something we talked about. You know, on our we had a little summer outing to Hallam FC on a lovely sunny uh, summer's evening a few weeks back, and we talked about. Um, I'm not. I don't want to single out any players, but the example here of Alex Hunt, who was kind of on the cusp of the first team a couple of years ago, and since then just hasn't made that push. So that you would think Wednesday being relegated to League One, he should now be in a position whereby he's kind of making a midfield position his own, and no one's really talking about him. But the problem is, he's not played any football over the last couple of seasons because, as a football club, we've just not used the loan market well enough in terms of outgoing loan players some of our younger players who really benefit from a season of if I was a footballer I would not want to go and play play in league two because it's a hard league you get kicked all over the place it is less skillful but you will just learn so much from doing a season in in league two or even in the national league Uh, and we've just not done it and and you know Cameron Dawson needs to be the first of several players this season that go out on loan to get that experience in those difficult decisions where they learn things that, with all due respect, they're not going to learn or they can only learn to an extent on the training pitch on the cusp of the first team here. If they're not going to be involved, then let's send them out on loan. And we saw last season particularly the beginning of last season, how many younger players were involved in some of those cup competitions we were all saying, oh, there's a lot of promise there. I can't remember any of the names, but you'll know the players that I'm talking about. If they're not going to be involved this season, let's send them out on on loan and, and get that experience they need so that in 12 months, we're going to have at least five players that go back to their parent clubs. We've got at least you know four or five players that are coming back to us as their parent club with the experience that they need to actually stand a real chance of knocking on the door of the first team. That's really important. We've got to get that right now. Yeah, and I like the fact that you know that Darren Moore's spoken really openly about it. That you know, I think once he's got virtually all the business done, he then at the end of this month he'd be looking, I think, to loan out the likes of Ryan Galvin, maybe yep. Liam Waldock, yep. possibly Alex Hunt. Um, I, it's funny, I think. Um, on how they've played in pre-season. Um, you know, I think of the younger players who've really put the hand up and impressed the coaching staff and who were seen as guys who are going to be p- regular parts of the first-team setup. I think it's Fizz and it's Karidi Adoin. I think those are the two that, for me, will be knocking on the door um, and that they will be, you know, in and around it and they're they're going to play I think certainly in the cup matches and they may come on from time to time from off the bench you know I don't see them as starters but you know those are the two and so I think it's it's some of the other younger players Kieran Brennan if they were to get another centre-half in might be another player that they potentially look to loan out but 
we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, you know, I think that policy on loaning youngsters out can only be a good thing for the football club. That you know, I think that Darren Moore is wanting to do that. Can we uh, for for Delhi Bashira? Can we retire? FDB as his uh, name and go with Fizzy Rascal needs to be uh, the new name that we uh, that we use for him. So we're all agreed on that, uh, right? Okay, um, we uh, we've only we've only talked about one of the players coming in. Jack Hunt. We've touched on in terms of we don't need to tell any Wednesday fans anything to do with Jack Hunt because we know him really really well. He went to Bristol City. He was a first teamer for the majority of of his time there, or, or, or he was a starter for the majority of his time there. Uh, an incredibly sensible free signing in League One, and it, and it's very hard to view that any other way. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, it's going to be interesting now with him coming back as to how Wednesday use Liam Palmer, and so you know Liam Palmer, it would seem, is ahead of Jaden Brown in the sort of stakes for the left back spot, and that doesn't really seem in keeping actually with how Darren Moore wants to go about it in that he, he he's, I think, you know, you look at his managerial career and he prefers his teams to be balanced and so to have left footers on the left side. Um, but we, we've we seen in the past that Liam Palmer, some of his better displays have been at left back. Yeah. Um, but with Jack Hunt coming in, I think his path actually now to being the first choice right back is blocked and Jack Hunt has not returned to be on the bench. And most of these signings, I would add, are going to be seeing themselves as regular starters. And now I I just look at Jack Hunt and think that he's solid, reliable, and you know what you're going to get from him going forwards too. And I think you'll, you'll get maybe more end product from him I I believe, although Liam Palmer has improved his crossing, then I, I still think that Jack Hunt uh, it will give them that sort of extra dimension, I think, going forward. You know, for me, actually, the signing that I'm most excited about from what I've seen is um, Mide Shadipo. I think Shadipo could be the one that, you know, we, we saw last year at Oxford, he got, I think... 11 goals, half a dozen assists in 40-odd matches, good numbers, and he's exciting. And I think he's going to be the one that Wednesday fans, you know, it was a shame for him. Hopefully his injury's not too bad, the one that he picked up at Huddersfield. But I think that I look at him and he's got shades of JJ in him. And I think I'd say that much. And I think I just think he will get fans on sort of their edge, at the edge of the sea, and he take players on. He's direct and he's skillful. Um, I think he's for straight. Don't get me wrong, but I think when he's on, he'd be you know in League One. I think he's going to be a real asset for Wednesday. So he's the one I'd say that I think is the player that to watch out for this season. I like that you're giving us a bit of a pronunciation guide as we uh, as we go as well. So Mide. I'm going to struggle with a few others. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The player seems to be calling me day. So yeah, right. yeah. We'll go I, think I, I think it's Olamide, but Twitter we're going with me day. Also. Yeah, we're we, going with me we'll, day. We'll go with that. You mentioned Jaden Brown in there, who comes uh, from Huddersfield. Um, again, seems like a fairly sensible signing. Perhaps feels a little bit more like a squad player than necessarily a starter yeah I'd say that um, yeah. I mean left sided player so he he's, gives Wednesday that versatility of he's played at left back 
and then he can play wing back. And do you know what? I, I was sort of um, surprised a little bit actually. Uh, you know how well he performed um, against Huddersfield uh, offensively, and you know he came close a couple of times to scoring. And so I think that you know Brown he get his games, but I think he might have to bide his time a little yeah. bit this season. I think he'd be in and out of the side, but. It, it's it's someone he's someone who's got energy, and I think he get up and down that flank, and the fact that he yeah. can play multiple positions again helps massively for him. Strength in death is going to be so important because yeah. you know we are Sheffield Wednesday. We have to expect an injury crisis every season because it happens, um, as it does at pretty much every club. To be fair, so we we do need. It's not about having a good eleven. It's about having a good twenty-two. Um, so you know, great to have him on board, Dennis Adenarin. Um, that right. You have pronounced that Excellent. right. Excellent. Um, hearing some quite positive things about Dennis. Yeah, um, I'd say again, he's one that we have to be patient with. You know, you know, he had his um, his matches last season at Wickham. You know, he's played half a season in the Championship, so people will be looking at it and thinking, well, you know, he should find League One a piece of cake. But um, he's twenty two. Um, he's to me, actually, I think he's like a box-to-box player, but I suspect that Darren Moore might play him in a more defensive role this season. But it's what we've been crying out for Wednesday, I think, for the last few years, is athleticism in the middle of the park. And you know him alongside either Luongo or Bannon... If Wednesday is sticking with a four-three-three, and you can throw Lewis Wing into the mix, and that's before you get to Fears and Alex Hunt. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, the, the strength Byers and depth. To go into that George Byers, yeah, is another one. So, um, I, I, yeah, this is where you know Wednesday have got an abundance of options in midfield. Um, I suppose talking about another one of the new signings um, would be you know Florian Campery, uh, who. You look at his goal scoring record, um, and it's not overly impressive. There's no getting away from that. Um, but I do think he's maybe someone that can come in and make a contribution. Um, and he's someone that will press from the front and give Wednesday that sort of intensity, maybe a bit of physicality that we all know that they've lacked since Stephen Fletcher yeah. left a year ago. And you could throw Atty in there as well. They haven't adequately yeah. found that sort of target man or front man. Whether Camperi is the long-term answer, well, you know, he's got it all to prove. I and mean, It's great, isn't it? Again, these lone players coming in, he's one of those. But there's no getting away from it. I mean, we haven't discussed it, but the fact that it appears Josh Windass is going to be out for two months with yeah. a hamstring injury. I mean, that is a huge blow for Wednesday. It's Someone huge. has to step up, don't they? Because we, we've got to score. We've got to score goals. Um, the interesting thing with um, Canberra is uh, we, we see it with players that sometimes they go to a club and it, and it just happens for them. He does know where the net is. You're right, his goal-scoring record isn't fantastic. And, you know, we've... We've had a striker similar to that for for many years in uh, in Atty Nuiu, who fell into that category, who didn't always necessarily get the goals. But that's not why you'd necessarily involve him in the match day squad. He did something a bit different, um, and so there's no reason to think that with the experience that he's got playing in different leagues, 
around the world, plenty of experience up in Scotland, that Canberra might that it might just be the place that this comes right for him if if things fall into place. So we've got to take that 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 hope. I don't like seeing fans kind of write players off before they're, they're even kind of given a, a, an opportunity. And I think that's the wrong thing to to do. And there's been a lot of that with him as well. I the, think the, there was a quite a negative and, and reaction, he's, he's, I thought, to he's that. He's got when, to really thrive off yeah, that and go out and prove people wrong now. I, yeah, no, he has. And I mean, you'd say that with all the players that Wednesday's signed have got points to prove. Um, and he's another one where he's looking to get his career back on track as he's it's not really sort of progressed in the last 18 months. And, and I think I know he had sort of COVID issues too. So um, I think he is he's a player that, again, will hopefully give Wednesday something different, you know, in, in attack. Um, and, and I suppose what I'd also throw into the mix is that he has scored goals in the top division in Scotland and you would probably say that that is a higher standard of football than League One. I, d- I don't think that's disrespectful. I think, no, you, know, you know, you'd say that maybe the Scottish Premiership is on a par, a lot of the teams in there, maybe with some of the you know, teams in the Championship. But whereas, you know, so you would, again, maybe make the argument that he's actually played at a higher level and then he's also had sort of international experience too. So, you know, he's an experienced player. He's 26 and, you know, he's played in Scotland. And so, yeah, he's not going to be phased by playing in League One. It's a great age, isn't it? 26 is just a great age for getting a, a player. And I think for the last few seasons, it's felt that we've brought in players who are more towards like 29, 30 and, and maybe just past the peak. You know, 26 is just a great age. And it, it just feels to me like, he is exactly in that kind of position where it might just happen for him here. And and he is the only one, I think, of the players that we brought in that I have seen fans being a bit negative about. Um, and I understand why, because, yeah, you look at his Wikipedia and his goal-scoring record and it's it's maybe not what you'd, what you'd want. But 26 is just such a good age to be bringing someone in that that is a bit of a journeyman and really does now have a point to prove. He's going to be hungry and that's and that's brilliant. One player uh, left that we've not talked about, which is the most recent signing, which is uh, Theo Corbinow, uh, who joins on a season-long loan from Wolves. Um, interesting here, and this was similar with Lewis Wing and a lot of Middlesbrough fans saying that they thought he might be involved in the first team. A lot of Rotherham fans a bit annoyed that he didn't go back there. Um, seen a lot of Wolves fans who are a bit disappointed that he's come to us on loan who thought he might be knocking on the door for for their starting 11 in the in the Premier League this season so he he comes with um a little bit of a buzz around him he does and 19 um already played for his country what six times I think for Canada and by all accounts I think Wednesday would have got this deal done and over the line much sooner had he not been away with Canada uh, playing for them in the Gold Cup. But yeah, you know, this guy has trained regularly at first team level with Wolves. Nuno, that you know, their former manager, was a huge fan of him. Um, and yeah, the Wolves fans who've seen a lot of, you know, they're under 23s, you know, they... You know, they they think that he's got a big future and he's a real talent and he's not only capable of creating goals but his score goals. You know, he's not a centre forward for me, and I think he can play up front. But I think actually, if Wednesday is sticking with four three three, then to me it looks like Corbin is going to be on the right and Shadipo is going to be on the left, and so 
where that leaves Andre Green, who I have to say has probably been the player that's most disappointed me in pre-season. Oh, I, think yeah. he's, I think he's been the one that has underperformed and Darren Moore even said, I think, after Alfreton, he said that this is his chance, this is his time to shine and I don't really think that he sees the moment. And so Corbin out, as long as there's no sort of feeling of jet lag and you know he's looking in good shape and does well this week in, on the training ground... I think Corbin Howe's going to be starting at Charlton on the right. And I think it'd be Andre Green that would make way for me. I love the fact that we're having these conversations about competition for places because the end of last season with all the players that were going, you think, well, at least we've got Andre Green. He's under contract. So he's like a definite starter because it just didn't look like we were going to have enough players for there even to be these conversations. So that's uh, that's such a healthy, healthy thing. You mentioned Marvin Johnson looking fairly nailed on to be the next player coming in. The name Josh Sims has been knocking around for a little while. Anything going there? Well, I, I, you know, the, he's one that Wednesday have looked at and uh, you know, Darren Moore was asked about him the other day and you know, he's worked with him before at Donny and, um, you know, I, I, I like Josh Sims, you know, and I think that, again, he would be a good signing for Wednesday. But with Marvin Johnson coming in and then Corbin out, I'm not so certain that Josh Sims will definitely happen. And frankly, James, I think the priorities now bringing in another centre-half and getting in a minimum of one more centre-forward. Yeah, you know, for yeah. me, they've now out wide. If you're putting Jaden Brown as a winger, then you've got on the left, Shadipo and Brown, and then you've got on the right, Corbinell and Green. So he wants two players per, per position. Well, they have that now in, in the wide areas, but Josh Sims is available He's still there on a free transfer. So, uh, you know, if Wednesday was able to strike a deal with him, then oh, you wouldn't say no, put yeah. it that way. But for me, it's centre-half and forward. Those are the priorities. Uh, I'd, I'd have to agree with that. Uh, we're going wildly over time here. So um, let's zip through some of the other stuff that's happened then over the course of the summer. And we we said it has been um, up and down and the stuff that we've almost forgotten about. Um, ticket prices, of course, were announced. Firstly, season tickets, then match day uh, prices and I was expecting to be annoyed by ticket prices and I think probably quite universally across the fan base most fans saying actually yeah alright th there seems to be some understanding there that you can't continue to charge championship prices to watch League One football so there does seem to be some lessons learned in terms of much more reasonable pricing well, I think the expectation from Wednesday fans going into the summer um, waiting for those ticket prices to be announced were that they would still be at championship level mm. based on past history with, you know, Dave Ponchanceri there and the pricing structure. But no, I think, you know, Wednesday, there was no other option, really. And and you're talking a 20% reduction, I think, on sort of season tickets and then with the match day prices. And I'm just glad, actually, with the match day prices that they've now got rid of the seven categories and gone to four. Yeah, it's it's so just a sensible, easier, it? sensible approach. Just to me, it's the way forward. And, and I'm, I hope that they stick with that. You know, should we be sat here in 12 months time, James talking about Wednesday being back in the championship and the, you know, they've still got that structure in place. Um, we've seen a new arrival at the club and a departure from the club. So Paul Williams leaving the coaching staff. So Wednesday looking for a new coach. 
I want to probe and see whether you, you know anything on, on that front. Um, and the other thing that we've seen is, well, actually not a new arrival, but a new position for Liam Dooley, uh, who stepped up to become uh, COO, Chief Operating Officer of the club. Feels like a long time ago now, actually. Like quite a lot's happened since uh, since then, but it was earlier um, this summer. And um, it's... I, I've long, long called for Wednesday to appoint a CEO. We we both have really and said that the structure of the club is an issue. So it's uh, maybe not a complete solution. I would still like to see more happen in terms of structure, but positive to at least see some movement there and something happening there. Absolutely. Um, I really like the message, actually, that the club put out the day before. Um, the Huddersfield tie um, underlining really the work that has been going on um, off the pitch and you know I think that you know Liam was already working at the club and I know that there have been some doubters there saying oh it's just an internal promotion you know Wednesday should have brought somebody in from the outside but uh, you know I think that by all accounts you know I think Liam um, he has done, I think, a good job so far in the short time that you know since he he was made you know COO, and yeah, with Paul Williams a potential replacement, it's close. It's going to happen very soon, possibly before the start of the season. Any names? Not a liberty to say at this point, okay. but they they've interviewed a few candidates. You know, Wayne Jacobs was one that. Um, was heavily linked and Darren Moore knows him incredibly well uh, from their playing days they're good friends but there, there are other options too and uh, you know you know, Wednesday weren't planning or thinking that they had a first team coach enrolled to fill but you know Paul Williams for personal reasons you know he left so it, it was a bit of a blow but yeah they, they are very close now to bringing someone else in um, we've not really talked about pre-season games um, and I'm probably going to gloss over it a little bit because I'm, I'm not sure there's a huge amount that we can necessarily take from those. We have talked about the performance of some individual players when it comes to pre-season games. Of course, the season did really start at the weekend with the, the Huddersfield match. I, I, I'm, I'm one of those fans that kind of says I'm not really bothered about cup competitions that much, particularly this season. Carabao Cup just doesn't seem like a particular priority. Um and Huddersfield probably the better team overall on the day, but some positives for Wednesday to take from that. There yeah, were, even yeah. though you know ultimately it was another penalties defeat to Huddersfield, which has made their season. But um, you know it just doesn't it doesn't really mean very much, does it? Yeah, some of the Huddersfield players celebrated it like they just won a cup, <laughs> didn't they? But it sort of felt to me really a little bit like that final sort of pre-season match for both yeah. I mean there was more intensity about it I think with fans being back at Hills but oh, so great so so relieved to have fans back and for the, to be the atmosphere that there was and over 12,000 you know that's really the big thing that I took from the day it was just so good to have fans returning and actually do you know what I mean something I hadn't mentioned before but it was the ovation that Darren Moore got before course, yeah. kick-off too um, I thought was really telling you know that was very warm and it was a big sort of yeah big ovation he got and I think that again that to me you know just shows that you know Wednesday fans they're right behind Darren Moore and what he's trying to build. And, and I think what we saw from the team on the day that there were, you know, 
I think there's a spine there. There's a good spine. And if you get Peacock Farrell and then Hutchinson Iorfa just in front of them, him, and then you've got Bannon, Wing, and then it's that sort of question mark over who's up front. But you, you do look at it. I think it could be Wednesday's strongest spine that they've had in a long time. Definitely. you know. And, and then you've got Luongo who wasn't even in the team that day and for me Luongo would be in that side and that's where I think going back to Adenaran I think Adenaran may be a bit of a squad player he'd get his minutes but to me I still think if Luongo's 100% Luongo has to play for me and I don't see many better three-man midfields in the league than Lewis Wing, Barry Bannon and Massimo Luongo. I just yeah, don't. It's hard to argue with uh, that. I mean, I think probably the big question is whether or not Bannon is still here come the end of the month. Um, you know, that's the thing that... that well, he's made of... it clear that he, he's ha- he's happy at the club yeah. um, and he's got a couple of years left on his contract. You know, I mean, he's the one, really. I mean, if Windass is out for a couple of months, it's very unlikely Josh Windass and Wednesday made their standpoint there very clear they ain't going to sell him. And I think well, he's not that, going anywhere now, is he? No, well, that's what I mean. Now with his injury, no one's really going to be looking to buy Josh Windass. Um, but then, yeah, Barry Bannon. Uh, no, I, I, at the moment, you know, I know that you've got Wednesday fans out there that they've signed George Byers. Oh, that must mean that Bannon's going. And there's still that talk over a release clause. But he said last season he hasn't got a release clause in his contract. And so, you know, if that's if that's the case, no. I, you know, I think Bannon very much sees it as he's got a job to do and that's to get Wednesday out of this division um, other things we saw for the first time in the Huddersfield game then um, new pitch at Hillsborough which is nice because that, that, that has been struggling for, for a little while um, and uh, new shirts and new shirt manufacturer this season in Macron um, and uh, yeah, some people love shirts some people hate them I'm, I'm not overly fussed by the home kit love the away kit think that that's fantastic but none of this really matters they're just, they're just shirts but um, a sensible bit of business in terms of um, Wednesday bringing in Macron in as kit manufacturer, which is is great to see, and something that we've um, you know perhaps quite quite publicly struggled with over the last few um, seasons with with that, which is which is brilliant. And don't forget, James, one other thing to add about the kit: what a great launch! It was a very very professional and good launch. It I was. thought that, and um, I was at Tramlines on the Saturday when uh, the Sherlock's were on stage, uh, and obviously the shirt on stage as well, which was uh, which was brilliant. So really really good to 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 see that. Um, there is a negative from this summer that we've got to at least touch on because Ooh. we'd be amiss to not mention it, and we've we've had a nice positive feel there. But we've got to go back to that um, uh, situation at the start of the the summer in the immediate close season where it emerged that the issue of players not getting paid was a much bigger problem than we'd perhaps fully realised before. And there'd been several months with several players not getting paid and, you know, talk of it getting to a stage where players would be able to hand in their notice, possibly a couple of players that tried to trigger that that clause. It, it does... I don't want to dwell on this because, like I say, I think we've we've kind of passed that now. The important thing is that, firstly, we need to know that lessons have been learned and the evidence is more promising there. We've we've seen several high earners now have their last payday at the end of, of July and we have turned a corner in terms of the, the wage bill and stuff like that. 
But it's also really important in terms of the fact that there is that um, uh, points deduction hanging over our head, which was suspended should anything happen between now and, uh, was it uh, between now and Christmas, it would be a certain penalty. And then now at the end of the season, there's also a, a risk of a, a penalty as well. So um, the the noise is positive in that regard. It does seem like we can close the chapter on what's not been a, a very nice story in, in, in the history of Sheffield Wednesday. Well, we can't completely close the chapter on it uh, until we, we get can. this season out. We well, can. Well, we're hoping we have. We're going to do. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, that's what we're all crossing our fingers now, that it doesn't happen again. Um, and it would be catastrophic if Wednesday ends up with yet another points deduction this season. It's, Two it's years not, running. It's not going to happen, is uh, it? No, well, it can't happen. No. It simply can't happen, James. If it does, then big questions are going to be asked um and all, all and, the positivity and, yeah that we've talked about it does this all, episode crumbles yeah, yeah no it does this it, is it's all no. part of we talk about no. club culture and all that kind of no. stuff you know paying people's wages is absolutely i don't think there's many more important things when it comes to talking about the culture of a, a club you've, you've got to pay the players though but let's not forget too as well wednesday they don't get relegated without that points deduction last season. And so if they get another points deduction, and let's imagine that cost them promotion, then that's on one man. That's on... And so, uh, yeah, I, I'm hoping that this is going to be the last time that, yeah, we talk about this, and it doesn't happen. Uh, and, and that, you know, we just want to get back to talking about football, really. We don't, we don't want to be talking about all the off-the-field nonsense, and really that's what it is. Um, but unfortunately, that's what we've ended up doing in the last couple of years, where we all feel like we've had to try and become accountants. We've all felt like, um, you know, we've had to you know, really look into, yeah, stadium sales and, oh yeah, you know, does this mean how many points are we going to get here as a deduction, this, that and the other. That's just not what we want now. And no. and so hopefully it's a thing of the past and I say that lessons have been learned. But yeah, there is that there in the background that, you know, if it happens again before Christmas, um, it would be six points. But then if it's in January, I think it goes down to three points. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's not going to happen. It's fine. We'll it's gloss not. over it. We'll gloss over it. Uh, right then, season starts on Saturday. Let's look at the first three fixtures very briefly then, because it is, as it always is at the start of the season, it's it's a quite frantic start. So Charlton away, uh, live on the TV, um, is the uh, first one. If you're going to a pub to watch it, good luck, because they all seem to be showing the uh, Community Shield instead. Um, Doncaster at home then uh, the following Saturday, uh, which... If you're not going, you won't be able to stream it on iFollow because they announced yesterday that's not going to be happening this season. Three o'clock Saturday games will not be available to stream, so be aware of that. And then that follows up with the following Tuesday, hot on the heels, uh, we have Fleetwood at home. So first three games of the season, none of them easy, and we will say this about probably every game this season because that's the way that League One works. Charlton away, Donny at home, Fleetwood at home. How many points are you taking from those? Four. I don't think that's been really pessimistic I just think that yeah, from two home matches I, I could I could see Wednesday losing at Charlton and then so taking four points from the two home matches but I, I'd be it's content it's got to be a minimum hasn't it um, yeah I, but as I've as, as banged on about though I do fi- I do see there being some teething problems you're and, right and so right. I, I just think that you know it's going to be virtually a brand new team and so 
you know, I'm sort of catering for that and that I still look at this Wednesday side and I don't see loads and loads of goals. I think Wing and Chidipo massively help and then hopefully Corbinell will too, but it's still the number nine and the number nine it doesn't look like Wednesday going to get a number nine in before the weekend. They, they might not get a number nine in before Donny. I think they're going to try to. So, yeah, I, Charlton's is going to be tough. You know, they had a. I think they lost only one out of the last fifteen games of last season and just missed out. You know, so Nigel Atkins has turned them into a really difficult side and hard to beat. And they're going to have a huge crowd there as well. That you know, yeah. you know, so they're going to be right up for it. They're going to be fancying their chances. Um, They'll be up there. They've got they? a certain Sean Clare in their team as well that I've noticed that they've signed. But yeah, you know, Jaden Stockley's going to be a very handy player in this league. So yeah, I think no, they've got good players. You might convince me actually that, that four maybe is a bit more realistic. I'd be really happy I'm, with six. I'm hoping for, yeah, no, for, I'd, be, for I'd like more than four, don't get me wrong. But I just look at it and think that, you know, the Charlton away is one of the hardest away games that Wednesday could have got first up. And then the Donny match. They have also brought in a lot of players and have got new manager in, Richie Wellens. And then there was a bit of bad blood, as we all know, with Darren Moore leaving and joining Wednesday. And I think that, yeah, that's going to be a bit of a spicy one. It's it's the kind of game where you can see Donny being really up for it, can't you? And Wednesday just in the early stages of a new squad. But we will see. Um, Right, just before we go then, very quickly, uh, a little bit about us this season, which is that uh, we are going for a slightly different approach to the show this season. So we might not necessarily be doing a podcast every week. We're going for quality over quantity this season I think um, certainly from my point of view last season it did feel sometimes that we were kind of doing shows because we sort of felt we had to uh, and without necessarily all that much to kind of say so we are approaching things slightly differently but also what we're going to be doing this season is we're going to be doing some shows live on our social media pages so we're not entirely sure exactly how this is going to work just yet in terms of what the ratio will be between normal podcasts and live shows, but the live shows will always be made available as podcasts afterwards as well. And we're probably going to alternate, so it'll probably be normal podcast and then live shows. So um, the next one that we do will be one that is broadcast live on our Facebook page and on our YouTube page and hopefully on Twitter as well. Um, we're still playing around a little bit with uh, with that. So keep an eye out for the details about that. Uh, we also put out a message a couple of weeks ago about wanting to get one or two people involved with maybe getting a little bit of work experience, helping behind the scenes with some of the stuff that we do. For people that have got in touch, we're not ignoring you. Thank you very much. We did get quite a lot of people who were interested. We've just not really got around yet to doing anything about that. So thank you if you have got in touch. We will be going through uh, those messages and getting back in touch with everyone who has has contacted us. A big thank you to our partners at Taito Law Solicitors who make the show possible. Please check titolaw.co.uk or at Taito Law on Twitter. Dom is at Dom Housen. I'm at James Marriott and the show is at Dom and James. You can also find us on Facebook and YouTube where we'll be broadcasting live throughout the season. Just search for Singing the Blues and you can find all those links on our website singingtheblu.es or in the show notes for this episode. Thanks for listening. Up the owls and we'll see you next time.